Hello, and welcome to First Baptist Church. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, we're so thankful for your amazing love, a love that we never deserved, a love that we could never earn, but a love that you have given nevertheless, a love that surpasses any love that we've ever known. Lord, we're so incredibly thankful that you so loved us, that you gave your only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And so we pray that during this message, through your word, by your spirit, that that number of whosoever who believeth in him would increase. Lord, help us to have more faith. Help us to believe you more. Help us to trust you so that we will follow you in every single moment of life. And we pray that as we turn to your word, that you would capture our attention that you would transform us by the renewing of our minds so that when we leave this experience, we leave different, more like Jesus, for it's in his precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. How many of you just love to wait? Anybody? No, you don't either, huh? I was reminded of that this week. We are now a, a high school athletics family. Our son has reached high school athletics, and that means that you get to travel during what is called dead period. The Kentucky High School Athletic Association gives you two weeks in the middle of summer. And uh, I'm going to tell you, it is a good time for people to travel. And if you don't believe me, just try I-65 during the week surrounding July the 4th because you will grow in your patience. Or go down to the, the Destin area and, uh, oh, I don't know, go to ride go-karts. We had an incredible time and we had an incredible week, but there were a lot of people there because it is apparently a good idea to travel to the beach in and around the time surrounding the 4th of July. And so we went to the, to the big track down there in Destin, and my daughter was going to drive the go-kart on the wooden track for the first time. She's tall enough to do it. I've always driven her. I drove her once, and, and she said, I think I can handle it on my own. So we get in line to ride the big roller coaster, you know, or not roller coaster, go-kart track. And I mean to tell you, the line stretched far beyond the corral. You know the corral where you feel like cattle? You get in and you wait and you go back and forth. A few years ago, we were at Disneyland, and my little girl, um, I guess she was three at the time, maybe about to turn four, and we were in one of those corrals, and we looked down, and she was licking the rail. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we call an inoculation. That's as good as any vaccine, right? She's inoculated against probably everything at this point. Anyway, we were, we were not even in the corral. The line stretched so far out. And, and, and there was a family that, God love them, they cut. They cut. Right before they got in the corral, most of the family was sitting down. And right before they went in, they, they came up. And I want you to know, it took every ounce of Jesus in me. I kept my mouth shut. Praise the Lord. But what were they doing? They were making me wait more. <laughs> I don't like to wait. Do you like to wait? And, 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 and the good news is we live in a day and an age where we wait a lot less. I mean, if you want food, you don't have to go out and, and get your mule and till up the ground and plant the seed and, and cultivate the garden. I mean, farmers, we are so thankful for you because for the vast majority of us, we don't have to wait on the, for the vast majority of us, praying for rain was so that our yards would be a little bit greener. But we know that, that those of you who farm, I mean, we were praying on your behalf with you alongside you because we needed that rain. Amen? How many of you were thankful for the rain? But we had to wait on the rain. But we live in a world where if I want it, I don't have to go grow it in the back 40 
I can just run to the grocery store. In fact, if I don't want to go into the grocery store, I can now have them bring it out to my car. And if I don't even want to do that, some of them will deliver it to my house. And if I don't even want to go to the trouble of preparing the meal, I just call DoorDash. And I don't even have to leave, and they bring me hot food right now. Or, I don't know, what about current events? You know, used to you had to wait on the paper to be delivered, or you had to go buy a paper, or, or you had to wait on the newscast to come on, and your favorite TV anchor would come on the screen and tell you what was going on in the world around you. You don't have to do that anymore. Now, just pull your phone out. And, and, and you can even set notifications so that you're notified when real-time events happen right now in the world. Kind of drive you crazy, because there's a lot going on in the world always. You don't have to wait. Or, or writing a research paper. We got a lot of folks who are familiar with academics in this room. How many of you remember what an interlibrary loan is? Have you used an interlibrary loan? That means you're old, okay, just like me. Because now they've got some work-study student who can scan it all in and zip it over. You don't have to wait on the book to mail anymore. You don't even have to go to that big building that's filled with books and journals and, and all those sorts of things. Just get your nearest internet-connected device. But here's the challenge. Make sure that what you're looking at is peer-reviewed and trustworthy. Don't cite Wikipedia, kids, all right? But you can have it right now. I mean, it's just it's a different world. And I think that we're suffering a little bit in this get-it-when-we-want-it world because of a couple things. Number one, sometimes we have to wait. How many of you get frustrated when the test results take longer than you think they should to get to you? Yeah, me too. But another thing that happens is that if we look back through history, including biblical history and, and world history, we see that most of the time our biggest growth happens in the waiting. How many of you have found that? I mean, just think back to biblical history, Abraham and Sarah. How long did they wait from the time that God's promise came through, you will have a child, to the birth of Isaac? It's 25 years, a quarter century. What about Joseph? How long did Joseph have to wait from the time when he had the dream given by God that he would be raised up and his brothers would bow until the time that he entered Pharaoh's service and became the second most powerful person in the world? It was 13 years from 17 to age 30. What about Moses? How long did Moses have to wait wandering in the desert, keeping watch over his father's flocks? Forty years before he heard God call to him from a bush that was on fire but not consumed. What about David? It was about 15 years from the time that he was anointed king to the time that he actually became king over Judah, and then it was another seven and a half years until he became king over Judah and Israel as a whole. So 22 and a half years of waiting. What about Jesus? Jesus didn't start his ministry until he was 30. And he ministered for three years. But for three decades, the Bible says he grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with man. That he was waiting. So if God has grown all these great heroes of the faith, including Jesus himself, through waiting, what does that say for you and me? How many of you like to wait? Oh, I can't stand it. I can't stand it. But our greatest growing often happens in the waiting. In fact, that seems to be one of God's greatest tools to shape us to become the women and men of God that he's made us to be. 
that he calls us to wait, and specifically to wait on him. So how do we do that? I believe through his word and by his spirit, God's going to tell us today. So I want to invite you to open with me to Isaiah chapter 40. If you're in the Red Pew Bible in front of you, that is page 600. Isaiah chapter 40, we're going to look at verses 28 through 31. It is a familiar passage. Let me read the whole thing to us, and then we're going to go verse by verse, and we're going to ask God to teach us, Lord, how do we wait? How do we wait on you? Isaiah, the prophet, writes as he's carried along by the Holy Spirit saying this, Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The theme for our message this morning is this. While we wait, God works. While we wait, God works. Look with me again at verse 28. The prophet asks us a question. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Our first point today is this. While we wait, we remember. While we wait, we remember. You know, today's message is going to be a whole lot of Scripture And I'm going to give you a whole lot of notations that I would encourage you to jot down because you'll want to go back to these. Again, this is not not something I'm coming up with. This is the Word of God. So in those moments when you're waiting, jot down these notations and then return to them. But while we wait, we remember. First, we remember who God is. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in times of trouble. You may feel like God is nowhere near, nowhere to be found, but the Bible tells us that He is a very present help. Where is God? Well, He's here. You say, what about when it hurts? He's there too. What about when I can't sense Him? He's there. What about when I feel far from Him? He's there. He is our refuge and strength. He is a very present help in trouble. In Proverbs 18, 10, says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous man runs into it and is safe. God is strong. God is mighty. God is powerful. Uh, during the onset of the worldwide COVID pandemic, there was a song, a worship song that kind of gripped the world. It was written by a woman named Sinatch, who was a Nigerian gospel singer, and she wrote it in 2015, and it was called Waymaker. And the, 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 the chorus was Waymaker, Miracle Worker, Promise Keeper, Light in the Darkness, My God, That is Who You Are. And I mean, you could go on social media and see people surrounding hospitals singing that. What were they trying to do? They were trying to remember that even in the midst when everything seemed uncertain, 
here's who God is. He is a way maker. He is a miracle worker. He is the light in the darkness, and He is here. So we remember who God is. We remember what God has done. Psalm 126, verse 3 says, The Lord has done great things for us, and we are glad. Psalm 90, verses 1 and 2 Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. I want you to pause for just a moment and just ask this question What has the Lord done for me? What has the Lord done for me? If you're like me, you could spend the rest of the day thinking about that and you still couldn't cover it all. Matter of fact, if you're like me, you could spend the rest of the day thinking about it. You couldn't cover it all because you couldn't even remember it all. He has done so much. He has been so faithful. We sang it today, for all my life you have been faithful. For all my life you have been so, so good. So I will remember the goodness of God. I will remember what he's done. One of the spiritual disciplines that we've talked about in this series is the discipline of journaling. And I just really want to encourage you. And if you're like me, you're not, you don't do this naturally. But again, just make some sort of notation. Here's the date. Here's what God did when he does something spectacular in your life. Or even when it's something difficult. Here's the date. Here's what God saw me through. Do you realize God's seen you through every difficulty you've ever faced? Otherwise, you wouldn't be here right now. And even for those who've gone on to glory, God saw them through and he welcomed them into that place that he had gone to prepare for them. And he has seen them through because that's what he does. He's faithful. I love it when we in this room sing together, great is thy faithfulness because he's been faithful. So while we wait, we remember and we remember what God has promised Second Peter chapter 1, verse 4 tells us that he has granted to us his precious and very great promises. Hebrews 10, 23 reminds us to hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. A few years ago, I compiled a list because I'd gone through a period of intensive waiting in my life, and, and things were out of my hands, and I didn't have any option but to wait. Don't you hate that? You don't have any option but to wait. And so I just started diving into the Bible and say, God, speak to me. Please, please speak to me. Tell me what you've promised in the middle of all this waiting. And, and I compiled a list that was helpful to me. It may be helpful to you. If you want a copy of that list, we'll send it to you. Just email us at connect at firstbaptistbg.org connect at firstbaptistbg.org. We'll send it to you electronically. Maybe it'll be helpful to you. But God has promised us so much. And I, I remember these words written by Isaac Watts. He wrote them in 1719. That's been a year or two ago. He said, Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter in the stormy blast and our eternal home. Under the shadow of thy throne, thy saints have dwelt secure. Sufficient is thine arm alone, and our defense is sure. Before the hills in order, in order stood, or earth received her frame, from everlasting thou art God, to endless years the same. 
O God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, be thou our guard while life shall last and our eternal home. God's been great. He still is. He always will be. God's been present. He still is. He always will be. Why? Because our God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God is the one who calls himself I am. He will be faithful. So, while we wait, we remember. Look at the first half of verse 29. He gives power to the faint. He gives power to the faint. Our second point. While we wait, we pray. While we wait, we pray. The Bible repeatedly shows us that God hears our prayers. Do you remember when God's people were enslaved in Egypt and they were crying out to God? In Exodus chapter 2, this is, this is what we hear about the character of our God. During those many days, the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God. Listen to this. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. I don't know what you're praying for right now. I don't know what you're praying about right now. And you don't know what I'm praying about right now. But here's what all of us can be assured of. God hears every cry, every groan. The Bible says he keeps our tears. How encouraging is it to know that you haven't shed a single tear that God's not intimately aware of? How encouraging is it to know that no matter what you've been through or what you're going through, God knows. You cry out to Him, and you cry out to Him respectfully but brutally honestly. Don't, don't, Don't try to cover things up for God. He already knows anyway. So tell Him how you really feel. Tell Him where your struggle really lies. Tell Him where the hurt really is. Because at that deep place, at that deepest place where your deep calls out to his deep, he'll meet you there. And he'll remind you who he is. And he'll remind you what he's done. And he'll remind you that he is working in ways that you cannot now perceive. We pray with patient urgency. Patient urgency. How's that for a term? Patient urgency. Psalm 130, the psalmist says, Out of the depths I cry to you, O Lord. O Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to the voice of my pleas for mercy. And then the psalmist finishes in verses 5 and 6 by saying, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than watchmen for the morning. So it's okay to pray urgently. God, help now. Every Palm Sunday, we sing Hosanna, Hosanna. Do you know what Hosanna means? Save us now. Now. But even as we pray with urgency, we pray with patience, knowing that God is working in ways we cannot now see. We pray with settled expectancy. 
settled expectancy. In Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14, the psalmist says, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Micah chapter 7, verse 7, but as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Yeah. So we pray while we wait, and we pray with patient urgency, and we pray with settled expectancy that God is going to move. Therefore, I can be patient in tribulation. And that's not even my line. James chapter 5, verses 7 and 8. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. So while we wait, we pray. But now look at the second half of verse 29. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. And to him who has no might, God increases strength. Our third point, while we wait, we do what we can. We do what we can. Do you know there's always a next right step to take? Always. And it may feel completely unrelated to what it is you're praying about, what it is you're waiting for, but there's always a next right step to take. I can't fix this situation, but, but I can go be a blessing to this person. Y'all see that happen all the time with some of our folks who are hospitalized. And, I mean, it's unbelievable to me. I, I hope and I pray that by the strength of God, I would have the strength to be such a blessing as some of our people are. They're there in the hospital. They're waiting to get better, waiting to get out, waiting on treatment, waiting on all the things. And, and when somebody comes into their room, that person leaves blessed because they met the person who's in the bed. I'm going to be a blessing no matter what I'm going through. Seems to be their attitude, and that's, that's the attitude of Almighty God. It's, 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 it's unbelievable to me. If anybody should be selfish, according to the world standards, it's somebody laying in a hospital bed. But for those who are filled with the Holy Spirit of Almighty God, when, when they're laying in a hospital bed, though there's something they can't do, there's plenty they can. And they can be a blessing to those who walk into the room to take care of them. That's what it is to be a child of God, that even in waiting, there's still a next right step. The Spirit empowers us to move forward, even when we're waiting on the Lord for something else. Verse 30, even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. There's a limit to what we can do. How many of you have found that? There's a limit. We do what we can, but there's a limit to what we can do. And even youths get worn out sometimes. Check out the youth group at the end of this week. They're going to serve in VBS all week long. You know what they're going to be? Worn out. I don't know what that means for those of us who are a decade or two past them. Worn out, but it'll be a good tired. There's a limit. So our first point is this. While we wait, God works. While we wait, God works works. Psalm 40, verses 1 through 3, the psalmist says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog 
and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. You know, God often works in ways that we absolutely cannot perceive. I mean, think about your own salvation. Those of you who've come to the moment where you said, Jesus, I'm a sinner, but I believe you're the Savior. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I trust you, and I will follow you. How many of you were intimately aware of everything God was doing to bring you to that moment? No, you weren't at all. You had no idea that there were literal hosts of people praying for you, that there were angels who were caring for you, that God was working and moving in your heart. You didn't know anything about it. God is working. Lamentations chapter 3, verses 25 and 26 says that the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. And God calls us to trust him while he is working, that he is working all things together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. God calls us in Psalm 46.10 to be still and know that he is God. To be still. Because there comes a time when all the flurry of activity comes to a close. There's nothing more to do and you're still. And in your stillness, you can know that God is God. He will be exalted in the heavens. He will be exalted in the earth. In other words, he wins. And if you're in Christ, you win too. Well, now let's get to the wallpaper verse, the verse that we hang in our homes, verse 31. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Our fifth and final point, while we wait, God grows us. While we wait, God grows us. There is nothing that will exercise your faith in a God you cannot see and whose ways seem mysterious to you more than waiting. James, the brother of our Lord Jesus, wrote in James 1, verses 2 through 4, to count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. God's working while you're waiting. And while you wait, you remember. And while you wait, you pray. And while you wait, you do what you can. But while you wait, you recognize that God is working all these things together for good to those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. You know, sometimes God's made us wait because he is seeking to compel us to pray, seeking to compel us to wait on him, seeking to compel us to persist in prayer, seeking to compel us to fully and finally and truly rely on him instead of trying to make it happen ourselves. But you know, some of our greatest growth happens in those periods of waiting. And they seem miserable in the moment, don't they? But how many of you have a moment 
of waiting in your life that from the back end of it, you look back in that 2020 hindsight and you say, Lord, thank you. Thank you that that happened according to your timeline and not mine. Thank you that you are God and I am not, and thank you that I had to wait. It turned out better your way. You know, I believe for all of us who are in Christ, one day in glory, we will look back over the landscape of our lives, and there are some of the toughest moments we've ever walked through. We'll look at God and say, Lord, thank you. Thank you for growing me during that season. Thank you for teaching me during that season. Thank you for showing me who you are during that season because, Lord, quite frankly, I wasn't paying attention enough to get those lessons until then. So while we wait, God works. He's working right now. Wait upon the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Remember who He is and remember that He's there.